Hello, John. <laughs> How are you today? I was waiting for you to talk. I know. You always wait for me. It's my job. You're the driver. Why am I the driver? I'm the, the navigator. Driver. This is a co-hosted podcast. I'm the navigator. Well, uh, how are you doing, John? Good. It's been a while. It has been a while. What was our last recording? The 18th of November is when we last recorded. Oh, wow. Was that two weeks? Three weeks. It's almost three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Wow. No, that was the Grown Ass Man Show that got... Um, yeah, I think that's our worst downloaded episode ever. So we did something wrong. It that definitely one. got... Um, it either got censored or people were offended by the word ass. Or, you know, here's, well, here's what I was thinking is maybe people saw that and thought it was a... Gr- instead of a grown ass man, it was a grown ass man. Oh. And, and like, you know, that which would be marginally more offensive, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway are we but, still blaming the title and not the content well yeah I, I don't it know. has to be because otherwise we at least get a download hit right exactly yeah um that on that's weird anyway, yeah whatever Screw. so we can only go up from there right just we got to pick a better title that's true yeah who knows titles who knew titles were that important or if we want to be scientific about this we do grown-ass man 2 the sequel <laughs> <laughs> and then that way you know we can tell oh i don't know that's I feel like the film industry has taught us to not do sequels of bad movies. All right, reboot. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a prequel. Those tend to be better. Oh, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Grown-ass boy, the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just reoffending everyone all over again, That's John. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, interesting, because I, I guess because a, a significant amount of time has passed, I had all kinds of things on my, on my list here. We had um, oh, so many things. We have uh, we have a lot of new Apple M1 news. We have Docker news. We have um, AirPods Max news. We have IntelliJ news. We have AWS reInvent news. We have all kinds of stuff. We have uh, we have Dreamforce, John, or whatever it's called. DreamTX is that is that part of Dreamforce? I don't know all what these, that is. I don't either. Um, and it's Dreamforce for you, by the way. But all those things you're gonna have to take a back seat. Why? <laughs> I want to get into the IntelliJ stuff. Do you? Did you really? Kind of. Do you have IntelliJ stuff? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> I did. What, what, I, there was a re- there was a new release on the new welcome screen, the whole project thing, which is much better than it was before. So I like that. The welcome. What's the welcome screen? Uh, it's like the project picker when you first load it up. If if you have it set to not open a project by default, you get the project selection tool window. Like the recent recently opened yeah. projects. Oh, yeah, okay. that changed. Okay. Yeah, it's a little better organized, in my opinion. Um, I also read in the release notes that they they're coming out with a. Uh, a uh, co uh, team pairing thing, the ability to kind of you can watch me watch me code type thing, <laughs> whatever they call that pair programming. I guess yeah. is that what you call it? I mean, if you're programming, pair programming is the is the common term for it. Yeah, so that might be interesting if if it gets implemented in a way that Illuminate Cloud can use it. It's weird how some of those tools have come come and gone. What is the one? I swear that uh, so there was one that was really good that got bought by. Speaking of Slack, I mean maybe it was, maybe it was Slack or someone. And they just killed it. I, I swear it was Slack. Um, it was a great. I mean, they really mastered like the share an editor and mm-hmm. and re, you know real time sharing of the of the editor. It just worked just so great. Um, why would why would Slack have? Or bought maybe that? maybe uh, it was either Slack or Skype. Someone Microsoft. Someone bought that huh. application, and um, it not only did they kill it, but it didn't show up in the product anywhere. Probably because it was a. An acquisition of talent. It could have been, but it's just, it's a shame to just kill such a, such a good product that had a bright future. But I'm, I'm sure it's one of those things that 
I mean, it, it probably had a bright future for the founders, meaning it probably would have made them a relatively shitload of money. But to the acquirer, it was, you know, not even on the radar. They just wanted the talent. The product itself, they didn't give a crap about. Well, it is, is a shareable IDE all that much in demand? I think, I think so. And I think so. Uh, and shareable, especially with, especially more now than ever with everyone working remotely. I don't even think, don't even think so. I think sharing a Zoom call and one person driving is better than having two people trying to drive at the same time. Okay, but you've never done it. Done what? You've never, you've never pair program with one of these tools that lets two people, it basically gives you two consoles to the same editor. I wouldn't know what to do or what, what the reason would be for it. Well, because you, you have no history or experience with pair programming, with working in that kind of environment. You've never done that. Okay. A lot of companies, that's a huge deal for them. Like Pivotal Labs, for example. Mm-hmm. Huge deal. And like, all the, like a lot of the original kind of agile things, that, that was one of their like extreme programming. And just some of, these, some of the culture that built around that, well, they were very much into pair programming. And for the, for the people that like to work that way, have in having these tools that let you have two essentially two consoles right to one uh to one screen to one editor is a really nice tool it's a really good way to do it especially if you're remote but yeah i mean i've and i haven't ever worked on teams that did that either so i i'm not going to say it's not useful or whatever i'm not trying to argue that it's not useful i just i just don't think there's a strong demand for it i think it's very niche and niche role to play it could, it could be i mean i i have a different perception i think a lot of teams do that do pair programming hmm. i think it's always been the lone wolf then you but no i i don't i don't think that either i don't think either of those things are true <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying a lot of teams have done that doesn't mean that it's right or wrong or anything else it's just a lot of teams do that a lot of companies they that's kind of a core like principle they have is that pair programming is good and 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 better than individual programming I, I'm actually, I've always been concerned that I could never fit on a team that did that. I'm not sure I could do it. Pair mm. programming. I am, you have to be so in sync with the other person. And, and I, people are going to argue with me. And that's, I'm just, this is just my, you don't, you don't have to email me. Or, so, you know, I, I get it. If you love it, that's <laughs> fine. And I, and I theoretically, and I think for, if you get the right people, it can work really well. But to me, that's just, for my personality and the way I work, I feel like I'm too, um, I don't know. I feel like I have a weird way of working that doesn't, isn't, that would have an impedance mismatch with working with other people. Mm. Uh, that intimately, right? You know, where you're literally working on the same lines of code at the same time. Yeah. And, and I just, you know, like, when I need to take a break, is that when you need to take a break? And, like, and, you know, it's just, I don't know. And, if, and I've heard, I've even... <laughs> I'm like, never mind. I'm not <laughs> you know, they say like women that, that cohabitate um, will end up like having like synchronized yeah. cycles and all that stuff. <laughs> Just <laughs> maybe if you pair program too much, I don't know. Well, uh-huh. Anyway. So yes, yeah, so this, this is going to be the Slack show, I guess. Uh, where do you want to start? By the way, so you said you, you talked about IntelliJ, but then you, you know, didn't. Did, well, I just so listed a few things about, I saw on the release notes that, oh, also I noticed that, um, when I hadn't updated to the recent version, which is like 2.23 or something like that, I don't remember. I think, uh, that's, I think that's what it is. I haven't updated uh, either. 2020.3. Um, I noticed in the event log that there's a message from Illuminated Cloud saying, please up- upgrade to the latest version. I, I recall from the last update that there was something that that 
um, they had bypassed or the Scott had bypassed or kind of put some kind of shim or shiv in there <laughs> to try to get around some bug that was in there. So that could be why he was advocating to upgrade to the latest version. So I did notice that. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder. Um, I, I Well, I don't wonder because I know this is the case. I've dealt with this on other plugin issues. But, you know, the plugin providers, whatever they're called, mm-hmm. they publishers, vendors, <laughs> they can... Um, they can constrain, you know, the version of their plugin to certain versions of the plat of the platform. Mm-hmm. They can say this has to be in a certain version range or require at least this, you know, version. Um, ask me how I know. No, I actually don't because I don't want to tell the story. <laughs> uh, okay, so I have some Slack stuff prepared. Do you want to do that? What else? You got? You got anything you want to go over? Slack. What is going on with Slack? Um, I see. What was it? I think I thought I saw something in the news about it. That's, but I can't remember what it was now. Uh, something about the GDS community, right? <laughs> um, okay. Oh, we got a new form that for for uh, getting access to Slack. Yeah, I saw that. Or I actually I didn't see the form, but I, I saw, you put me in this new the new little channel to show the the approval requests or whatever. Oh, yeah, because you were always asking yeah. me. But I haven't looked at the form. Let me let me look at that. Let's see. I think it's gotten better. So I think we have a lot less false um, requests now with this new form. W- were we getting spam? I think we were. I think, I, th- I think the last time wasn't spam because I we found out that someone had kind of advertised us and said, "Hey, go to the Slack channel." Um, but I was always worried in the past about getting spam because I would notice a few kind of hits oh, we've of, some spam. of weird email yeah. addresses that, that didn't look legit. And yeah. I used to try to go and validate each one, like basically just look at the email and see if they had anything related to Salesforce. Yeah. Um, but I got to the point where I just couldn't keep up with it. So I think this is going to work out better. So what? So okay, there's a, a verification captcha type thingy, mm-hmm. and then we have our community code of conduct. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's the first time you've seen it. I asked you to look at it for approval. I think I looked at the. I don't. Maybe I didn't. I Obviously thought I, I didn't at, wait for your approval before yeah, posting yeah. it. <laughs> I always tell people don't. But wait I think for that me. was. I think the changes were enough of a deterrent. So mm, that's good. Um. Anyway. All right, so I got you know the uh, we're, we're we're just stringing people along. Yeah, we're, we're bearing the lead here, John. Which yeah. is that um, the news? Because because this is a news podcast. We're just breaking news, everyone. Breaking news. <laughs> Don't we have a little audio thing? Do 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 or something like that. Oh, a little Morse code teletyper. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, yeah. No, I don't have anything for that. So John. unprofessional. I know. I mean, I'm just exactly. Uh, but Salesforce is uh, intending to buy Slack. It's public. It's announced. Yay. Yep. <laughs> and let's see. Um, Slack. What do, you, what do you want to say about it, John? What, do, what are your initial thoughts? And my initial thoughts are good for Slack. Good for Slack. <laughs> yes. Well, for sure. They, they, I, I think Slack is and was going to struggle for the next few years, given the type of competition they're facing right now. And in an, in an environment where they should be upticking, they were downticking. Um, so obviously, finding a buyer was one of the plans on how to get past get past this, and they found a very generous buyer. Yeah, they did. Who um, basically opened up the checkbook and paid top dollar. I mean, no beyond kidding. top dollar. I mean, ben- Benioff has become the guy that you go to when I mean, he- he's the preferred buyer these yeah. days, right? Yeah. <laughs> Because much. he writes the biggest checks. He's um, the guy that just spends the money just because he wants to show that he can spend that yeah, money. Yeah, he's yeah. not the guy that he's not like the billionaire that's sitting back and and buying, you know, 
pizza pockets or whatever for dinner and lives in a normal house, you know. <laughs> pizza pockets. <laughs> Pot pockets. <laughs> no, pizza pockets. There's this little... Sorry. Oh, no. I hit a bad button. Okay, anyway. You broke it. I broke it. Um, but yeah, I, everything I've, I've read and heard has been applauding Slack for, for the purchase, but everything on the flip side has been... This is worrisome that Salesforce is still spending this much money to acquire companies. And it's worrisome that their growth is based on M&A. And now Salesforce is having to, in all, in all the, the interviews they're doing, they're trying to uh, impart that, no, M&A is not our only growth strategy. So, Well, they, they, right, because it was not that long ago. What, six months ago, maybe? Maybe less than that? It's after the, certainly after MuleSoft acquisition, but I think it was earlier this year when you know, Mark was quoted, it, I think, several times saying that, you know, they don't, they really are planning to slow down their M&A. They don't, you know, that's going to be. Wasn't it this year that, or last year that he said next year we weren't going to do any yes, major purchases? Yeah, yeah, it was. And what, this is the second one this year? Right. So I actually have a couple of clips on that, but that we can get to. But no, you, you just mentioned a, an aspect of this that I hadn't really thought about, but I, I, th- I feel like I had read, which was when you look at the, it's really, what, the, what do they call it? The, the, uh, the pandemic tailwind. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, you've got companies like, you know, Zoom and maybe even Salesforce. I'm not even, I'm not sure who the, the, for whom the pandemic has provided quite a tailwind, mm-hmm. quite a nice little push, you know, look at Zoom's business. It's, yeah, it's been nuts. And Slack has really missed out on that. They lost at that. And yeah. I didn't, I would have never guessed that. It doesn't make any sense to me. How could Slack not have benefited from, I mean, how could this not have driven tons and tons of new signups? Well, it has. It has. Okay. It, ha- it has. They, they, they've increased their percentage of paying customers. But they also had a fair amount of their customers were small business. So they lost mm. a lot of those. Um, mainly be- mainly oh, because oh, they just went away. Because okay. they went yeah, away. Yeah, sad. So while they do have an influx of more customers paying, and I think a lot of that has to do with just the fact that when you pay it, you not only do get more users, but you also get more storage in order to archive and keep track of that which a lot of companies have a policy that says if you're going to have business communication happening for compliance reasons we have to have access and storage to all of those we have to be able to pull and report on all that kind of stuff so unless you're on a paid plan you can't really Mm. export all that and keep track of it for historical purposes so 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 yeah that is that's an interesting aspect of this um i I saw a comment i'm just uh, i'm just going to go through my notes here but uh it was a i guess a quote but it there was one of these analyses, but it said, you know, Slack was designed to be a, from the beginning, I think is the implication here. It was designed to be a strong product inside a larger company's portfolio mm-hmm. with, I guess, the, the warrant there that this was the plan all along. And, and, and Slack doesn't make sense as a standalone product company. Does it? Mm, I don't buy that. Yeah, I don't I mean, buy that. That was their strategy. That they were like, we're we're building this to get bought and then folded into someone's application. And then it, you know, it's hard to talk about that without just being reminded of was it? Well, I'm pretty sure it was Steve Jobs, um, who, when he was a, I believe, I believe he was approached about potentially buying some company, but he said, "Oh, this is such a famous thing. I should know which product he was talking about." But he said, "You're not a product. You're you're just a feature of a product." Oh, it was Dropbox. Who said that about Dropbox? Maybe, maybe that was Steve Jobs, and so they built iCloud instead, or whatever, you know. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's you know, are, are you a product or are you just a feature? 
of a product. Well, I think the difference between Dropbox and iCloud these days are huge in terms of usage and value. Yeah, I feel like Dropbox, though, it's, and it's proven that it's a standalone product. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Will, eventually, will it be just like something that your platform provider, your, your, your Microsoft or your Apple or your Salesforce even, is just you know, a file syncing slash sharing service that, or it's just part of your operating system, is this, which is basically what iCloud is now. And whatever Microsoft says, OneDrive or... Yeah, you know, I've been, I've been hearing that term thrown around quite a bit, especially in these interviews, the, the, the term operating system. And I'm kind of wondering what that's trying to signal in terms of these new, new <laughs> waves of terminology. Yeah. Because um, it used to be platform, and now we've moved on to operating no, system. No, Salesforce has now, de- I've, I think I've got a clip or some kind of quote on that day, but Salesforce has now declared themselves, because they added a, um, an Electron app <laughs> to their portfolio, <laughs> they're now an operating system. Oh, okay. So if you have a JavaScript app in a, in a, wrapped in a, a native uh, you know, web, web control, web view, then uh, that makes you an operating system. Mm. <laughs> well, that puts them on par with Microsoft then, because now Salesforce is an operating system, yeah. Microsoft's an operating system, uh, Oracle's an operating system, yeah. Google's an operating system. Uh, Where's Amazon's? I, I feel like, uh, I feel like Godacer is an operating system, John. It might be. I believe it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we identify as an operating system. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, okay, well, let's, you know, let's look at some financials. Uh, so, for 2020, here's what Slack expects for their fiscal year. Around $620 million in sales. Um, again, you have, to, you have to think about all this in the context of Salesforce is paying $27 billion. And it's a mix of cash and stock. Mm-hmm. Um, but for $27 billion, they're getting a company that is selling $620 million. What's that? What's that multiple? Um, 27 divided by point. Six two. Um, oops, on that open my calendar. Didn't mean to do that. Twenty seven divided by point six two. That's a forty three x multiplier. Pretty, pretty big. Although uh, Benioff definitely disagreed with. With uh, he says that's just a narrative. Actually, I think I might have mm. a clip on that. But when I was when I was watching these video these interviews he was giving, he's like, "Oh, that's just a narrative that we're overpaying." <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, okay, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, Their non gap. So, which is always rosier than mm-hmm. than reality. Uh, their non-gap operating loss will be about they expect it to be one hundred forty million dollars. Again, so for twenty seven billion dollars, you get a company that's losing uh, one hundred forty million dollars a year. I will say on their revenue, they the six hundred twenty million dollars are hitting will represent a fifty percent increase over previous year's revenue. So they are growing. Yeah. Uh, the question is, though, you know, especially with the pandemic and just our previous conversation, you know, what's that? What's the what's the next year's revenue growth going to look like? If it was fifty percent this year, you know, if they've had a lot of customers go out of business, then what's it going to be next year? Well, I think there's going to be two things that'll impact that. One being business uh, businesses that go out of business, but two, it's forcing companies to review their portfolio of applications that they're using. And any place where there's redundancy, you can bet they're going to want to consolidate and get rid of that redundant branch or whatever. Um, so when, you have, when you're competing against something like Microsoft, where you've had their full license and they're giving teams away with certain enterprise products, um, why pay for Slack? If you've already got Zoom, which also has an, a messenger system in it, which isn't great, I hate it. But you're already paying for Zoom. What, you hate what? Zoom's instant messaging. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. I mean, and, and a, a previous company, you guys... 
that you guys, wow, I'm totally messing up my pronouns. Sorry. I, I, I mispronounced you, John, <laughs> that you and I, no, I, I identify as them. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, okay. there, there, there's quite a few people in this head of mine. <laughs> they don't always agree. Uh, um, I think there's a DSM code for that. Uh, we can look it up later. Sure. Anyway. Um, no, a, a company that you and I both previously kind of worked with that, you know, standardized on Slack for their, for, not Slack, I'm sorry, Zoom, Zoom chat for like their company mm-hmm. intercommunication and, or intra-communication, whatever. Anyway, and it's horrible. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that when you, when you go to your team or maybe a team you're outsourcing or offshoring to and you say, hey, we need you to build a chat, you know, you know, look at, look at what Slack's doing. Okay. We just want you to build that into our video conferencing product. Oh yeah, sure. We can do that. <laughs> and then that's what you get back. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> but and, but and, given, and technically they can check all the boxes of right. the requirements. Yes. You know, it does but, all those but things. Given, given that companies are going to have to spend more, mo- more money in other areas and try to trim in other areas, anytime there's a redundancy like that, they're going to want to get rid of it. And they're not going to think about how usable it is or how productive it is. A lot of times it's going to end up being a number on the page and be like, well, this is, this there's no need to spend this extra money when this gives us X. Yeah. And I think that's going to be Slack's problem because they focus purely on that messaging aspect. There's no video. I mean, there is some, some audio. Well, didn't they add, now. I haven't used any of that. Didn't they add is it audio? Is it just audio? Is I think it's video just audio. Too? I okay. haven't never seen a video, but if is that's video there, that hard nowadays though, I feel like that's, I don't know. Maybe it is. I think it is. Well, I, I guess, think in terms of bandwidth the, and having, yeah, having the true. servers and everything. Yeah. There's all kinds of like, probably proprietary well no i mean just just in terms of audio i remember reading all the backstories on skype this goes back probably 20 years but you know one thing that one reason why it took off was that it they had proprietary like constantly um adapting audio algorithms mm. uh, and you know if you've got like uh, connections with you know bad jitter and things going in and out it really could just deal with that really well yeah and and even think of video i mean multiplexing you know many people's video and screen sharing and 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 all that and doing it without making your cpu hit 100 percent utilization which zoom usually does with me it's like mm-hmm. i just if you i mean just turning your webcam on it's like all of a sudden it needs 70 percent of a, a, one of my cores i'm like geez i mean this is ridiculous what's the problem yeah it's a tough it's a tough problem because you're dealing with a lot of different people on a lot of different types of machines so you have to have essentially some kind of plugin or something that can access all those yeah. with all these different devices. And then you got the Slack app, which is built on lovely JavaScript technologies, right? Which, you know, <laughs> require, you know, Electron, right? Which, yeah, which, Electron. Need, which needs, you know, I don't know, a gig of RAM or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, these VMs, they're, they're power hungry. But that, in terms of Slack, I think that's what put them on this trajectory is, is they know that they're lacking, that they, if they compared themselves with Zoom, they're like, well, what are we lacking? We're lacking that video component. Well, we don't have... Is that, is that just another feature of your communication product, though? Or is that a separate product? I mean, it, I think I think if you're Slack and you want to go to the next level, I mean, audio is one thing and video is a whole nother thing. And I don't know that they had the ability, talent or money to implement that as, as like they need to. Yeah, I just, I just wonder, are those are those not two separate products or does your Slack also have to be your Zoom? Do, you, do we need a Slack Zoom? Uh, we, a, can, a, we can debate Zach, that, but I think Zach, from a Zach. Well, does your, does your CRM need a, need a marketing system in it? Does your CRM need an analytics platform on it? Does your CRM need a, you know, I mean, these are things you do to grow your, your operating system. No, I, I agree. That, that's a business strategy. And I get that. I, I'm just thinking more like as just a, as a, a, a worker who's trying to get stuff done and trying to communicate with my, my coworkers and my customers and things like, do I, do I, as a user, the, the person who software should be made for, 
<laughs> do I want my Slack and my Zoom to be smashed together into one thing? So do you want your peanut butter and your chocolate? Yeah. Or your chocolate does that, peanut Does butter. that make a better, more coherent product or not? And can it be done well? I think it can be because they're both about communication. And I think you can really tailor that to that. Um, so I think they could be and they should be. I think there's other areas where it wouldn't. But I think that's one thing that would make it better. I mean, I can see how we could use that. I mean, we could, we have to right now, if we wanted to do a, a good day, sir, happy hour, we have to load up a new Zoom or something, even though we're all chatting on Slack. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice yeah. to be in one spot. Uh, and think about so team communication. So okay, I think what you're, I hear you saying is, wouldn't it be great if you could combine these two things and not have it be shitty? Yes. But that's, but that's my big skepticism, is that it wouldn't be shitty. Well, I think Slack was skeptical of that as well. They were like, if we did it with our current position, our current finances, our current team, it would be shitty. Yeah. And they're like, well, we need... We either need to get a ton of investment or sell to someone who will let us well, so Slack invest. Has, so Slack has certainly had, has raised a ton of money. They, they're doing a half a billion dollars a year in revenue. They could have slapped a video in there. But good product managers don't slap stuff into their products. Especially when, it, when you have as many users as Slack has. You know, you can't... Because yeah. people trust. You know, again, Benioff always talks about that. Trust, right? I mean, when you have a company that... And look at Slack. I mean... Its foundation is is all these like developer is you know like developers kind of glommed onto Slack in the early days. They were mm -hmm. that type of you know I don't know if it's the type of work that they do or the way they they communicate, but it really it really works for like I guess development teams those types of teams, um, and these are teams that you know once you do get their trust, which it's hard to get their trust, you better not screw it up because. Yeah. Once you lose trust, it's twice as hard to get it back. Yeah. And, and I think that's why Slack has maybe been, maybe, could you argue that they've been kind of conservative when it comes to adding new features? And certainly things like video, which would dramatically change that product. And, and if you screw it up, which it's hard, it's kind of hard not to. I mean, that's, it's such a big thing to add that how do you do it without screwing it up? You know. What, what are the chances? What are your risks there um, with making it either, you know, bloated, slow? And again, if you do that, then that's when people just start uninstalling stuff. Yeah. And also, Slack, you know, Slack is a, you know, of course, you know, a lot of people do use the, the desktop app, but a lot of people, you know, just would go to the, just go to the, through the browser. Mm -hmm. And so whatever you do, uh, I guess you need, it needs to support both the desktop apps and, and mobile apps and the web the web app. Of course, you know, that, that can be, that can be solved too. I mean, these, I mean, Zoom these, does that. It kind of, I mean, it, it downloads a thing and doesn't it, it downloads native stuff. You can't just get on the Zoom without it downloading the thing that you got to click right. on and install. Even yeah, if I mean, there's an those, app associated to it in all those places, which yeah. lets you stream that video to it. So right. it's, it's not a new ground. I mean, it's not something that's never been done before. They, so it can be done. Yeah. And they've got perfect examples of where it's done good and where it's done bad. So I think they can do it. I think they have been conservative. But I, and I, but I think this whole push to being so remote and probably losing customers because they're opting for these tools that offer video, that, that in order for them to move forward, they probably need that. However, in saying all this, I'm coming to the realization that 
if they're looking for someone to buy them so they can get an infusion of resources so they can kind of go to the next level, I'm probably very wrong given how much they were bought for. What do you mean by that? Well, if from whatever it's Salesforce is going to continue to let them run independently, kind of like MuleSoft and all the other recent Tableau. big a- yeah, yeah. acquisitions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know that Salesforce has put a ton of money into them other than maybe sales and marketing. I don't think they've put in a lot of resource money. I could be wrong. I don't have the insight on that. So, right. um, and the fact that Salesforce's financials are already strained with all this goodwill that they have and, and paying top dollar for everything. How much are they going to have to put into R&D at this point? I think the goal is to not put a lot of money into R&D. I think the yeah. goal is to leverage, leverage, leverage. Yeah. Meaning, um, you know, use, and that's where we get into other aspects of this, but um, use Slack as something else to sell into enterprise. I mean, the one thing that, you know, probably I'm sure Salesforce has a much bigger enterprise sales footprint than Slack does. I mean, Slack does have some famous big enterprise accounts, but I'm sure nothing like Salesforce. I mean, Salesforce mm. is... Pr- what, probably next to Microsoft in terms of how entrenched they are in enterprise accounts at this point. And Slack is just yet something else they can sell. Yeah. Right. And, and also, I mean, the other way around, like all these accounts that Slack is in that maybe aren't Salesforce customers, these are all new avenues to explore. And, and, and I, th- I think also part of it, it's just a broader, if you look at all the acquisitions, like a multi-acquisition strategy of, it's not any one that's going to be like, uh, you know, a miracle for Salesforce, mm-hmm. but it's just the fact that when you go, not only when you go to a new prospect or a customer, and you, you've got thing, you've got such a huge surface area now of use cases and teams and you know and, and, and problems that you types of problems you can solve for them. All right, but also because you've got all the because you have such a huge surface area, it's it's almost it's a it's a net too that's going to bring bring customers to you. They're going to say, "Well, damn, we really need Slack," or, or just look at uh, look at look at our company that we work for. We use Slack. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're also a Salesforce customer. Not a good example, but let's say you know, you've, let's think of some uh, fictional company that uses Slack, but they don't use any Salesforce products. Well, now, <laughs> now they're a Salesforce customer. Yeah. After the acquisition. Well, I can give you an example. I went into and, a client and now they haven't. They're going to get an AE assigned to them. Then they're going to start getting emails about all kinds of Salesforce products and roadshows and Dreamforces and all these, you know, all these things. And they're going to get sucked into the into the the. Uh, I'm gonna, I don't want to say Death Star. That's negative. Sucked into the the vortex. Yeah. The the <laughs> the Ohana. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say that I have I've, I have had customers who were using Teams, were using tools like that, but they hated them. And they didn't want to use them anymore. They wanted to use something like Slack. Mm-hmm. So I think there's still plenty of opportunity there. And you're right. I think I think when a client says we hate using Teams, it's it's Salesforce can say, well, we have Slack. And I think the other part of it is that because so many people are using Slack, it's kind of one of those products. That, it's kind of one of those products that people use because they want to, not because it's corporately approved. It's like Mm-hmm. Yeah, the company says you're supposed to use Teams, but a department says we're going to use Slack. Oh yeah, it's That's so much better. Mm-hmm. So you have all those kind of internal groups or pockets of people that are using this in the enterprise, and it and just gives you that much more recognition from it. Yeah, yeah, and more it's just communication points. Yeah, selling points. Right. Well, and speaking of Microsoft, I mean, I, I think this. I think a lot of this is about Microsoft. Maybe, maybe more for concerning Slack than than Salesforce. Um, because back to our kind of earlier topic about 
I think I think Slack was seeing a peak in their business, and mm-hmm. maybe they were. It's, it was going to be a, a if they stayed independent, it was going to be a rough road ahead. And since they had already, you know, achieved, you know, basically they've they've achieved you know a huge amount of success, and their options are well, we can either keep stay independent and keep growing this thing, you know, maybe four years from now it's a hundred billion dollar company. Mm-hmm. But I think after what's happening in in them, the fact that they they didn't have a a tail a COVID tailwind, pandemic tailwind, maybe they had a pandemic headwind. Um, that they were just like, you know what, this is this is a good time. This this Benioff guy's got. Is gonna is wanting to offer us. A, He's throwing know, money a at huge us. Huge offer, right? So <laughs> let's just. I mean, just it probably just made sense. Yeah. But the other thing for Slack was, you know, this this Microsoft. I mean, it's really, really, really heated up. Um, I'm I've been really surprised. Now I want to kind of get your thoughts on this. I don't know if you've ever used Teams. I've I've I have. I've had to use it just because cli- and we've had some clients that that use it. And mm-hmm. I just get the invites, and it's it's always honestly it's always kind of awkward. I've never. I don't think I've installed the Teams app, so I just do it through the browser every time. I, I'm just, I don't know. It's a different model. Um, I've read a little bit about it, but just through the because of the news recently, um, they they approach things comp- pretty differently. You know, Slack's just all about channels and whatever. Whereas, I don't know, Teams, I think approached it conceptually a little bit differently. But mm-hmm. I'm I hear a lot of uh, positive feedback about Teams. Hmm. I've seen it in our Slack. I've seen it when I talk to people. A lot of people that really like Teams. Now, they, I will say they, if I think about this just anecdotally, they do seem to be like the Microsoft types anyway. Right. So I think they're, you know, just going to be more inclined to, to at least give it the benefit of the doubt. But I've heard a lot of positive stuff about Teams. I mean, I, it's weird because I hear mixed things about Slack and Teams. Like some people, you know, you got people who love Slack. You got people who hate Slack. You got people who love Teams and people who hate Teams. And there's, there's stories both ways, but I'm just surprised how much positive things I've heard about Teams. So obviously that's just anecdote, but. It's um, it's something that I think Slack more and more is realizing that they're going to have to take Microsoft on head on, and and they've already you know we have to talk about a little bit of history here now. Slack Slack sued uh, Microsoft um, fairly was that a couple of years ago for um, and it might have been it might have been in the EU, but they sued them for like unfair competition because they were you know bundling Teams with Windows. It wasn't with Windows. It was with some of their like um subscription licensing oh, was it programs. office 365 maybe it was like one of their licensing things okay so when you bought this license you got team included with it yeah i think it might have been office what's it called what's that product called john office 365 <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> enunciate and then uh i mean then the slack ceo you know stewart to butterfield my favorite kind of field um Mr. Butterfield. said he he believes that microsoft saw his saw slack as an existential threat so he he's already thinking that microsoft absolutely has to destroy them and and that's a scary that's not a position you want to be in you know yeah. honestly i mean yeah. at this point if you know if if microsoft wants to destroy you if salesforce wants to destroy you if if amazon wants to destroy you um you have a problem because <laughs> they're going to destroy you in some way or another you know, or buy you. I mean, that's kind yeah. of those are kind of the options. And and I don't know, if, you know. Oh well, in in again, more history. Microsoft did offer to buy Slack. Was that like three years ago? Maybe offered them a billion dollars. I think it was a billion. No, oh, they, they held out. They held it down. They held out for the for the right reasons. Yep. Which is yeah, probably, I don't. I don't know how well Slack 
competes against teams in general. Um, I think one of the unique aspects of Slack is the fact that it's not closed, meaning it, it kind of allows you to kind of communicate with a lot of different channels, communities, and things like that. It's not just in this bubble. Like with most enterprise software and teams included, you're signed into your company account and that's where you're at. You're not jumping over to another community or another team or a personal team or, or a public team. You're not, it's, it's just that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like I, a Salesforce org, right? Yeah. You're in your org. You're in your org. Yeah. And I think that's one of the nice things about Slack is that it's just really open-ended and you can be- Slack or teams? Slack. Oh, That okay. you can be in multiple places. And and I think one of their features- Oh, you can, but they're, they're still separate sign-in, separate, you know, you, you got to be separate browser tabs or however, however you want to think about it. But sure. But yeah. also, I mean, there is a. I didn't know about this until recently, but I can't remember what it's called. But Slack has a feature that is a connects that connects two yeah, or more orgs together. Okay, right. you know what it's called? I don't know. I forget. It's, yeah. it's probably just called Connect. Who knows? I think it probably Company is Connect or yeah. something. But yeah, how many products does Salesforce have now that are called something Connect? I don't know. I thought they were all <laughs> renamed to yeah, Cloud. Identity or... Connect, Heroku Connect, OAuth. Is what it, happened to me? Oda? I thought it was going to be my. What happened to all those? I don't know. My Salesforce, yeah. my Trailhead. It's not even my Dreamforce. Remember, it's you. It's Dreamforce for you. Was that two Dreamforces ago? That it was, it was my. Everything was yeah. my. This, my that. It was yeah. the, the last one. I thought. I think it was actually. I think it was last year. Yeah. Anyway, it got approved. I could say my code. You couldn't say nothing about it. But now, um, so speaking of Microsoft lawsuits, do you remember um, uh, Salesforce sued Microsoft? Uh, this was ten ten years ago, I think. It was for the LinkedIn stuff, wasn't it? I know. I think it was way before that. I think it was about patents. Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think Salesforce sued Microsoft for patent. I had to go look it up. Hmm. Some kind of patent violation. And I don't recall what the result of that was. Closed doors. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, Salesforce is, is, you know, what's their market getting about 250 billion, something like that. Um, you know they're 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 going for that one trillion market cap, mm. and you know they're going to have to take Microsoft on head on. And so for Salesforce, I think they needed they needed they needed Slack if they're going to do that. I, I think you can't not have a Slack type of communication thing. And for whatever reason, Chatter just didn't didn't do it. I mean, Chatter is also such an interesting thing because. You know, you've got people that are really pro-chatter. Um, again, I see it in our Slack all the time. Um, people that are just like, yeah, I mean, I've got all my clients on Slack. And we always use, you should you be using, I'm sorry, I'm saying Slack, chatter, chatter, chatter. Yeah, I'm chatter. getting confused here. Yeah. People that are just, you know, all, they always make sure their clients are using chatter correctly and that, you know, you should be using chatter. That's that's the communication thing. Mm-hmm. And, and here's, you know, there's reason, there's great reasons why it's integrated into your records and to, you know, into, fi- into the file system in Salesforce and all, all that kind of stuff. But then you've got, and this is not, this is not uncommon at all. People that just, I mean, in organization wide, they just don't use Slack. Not a thing. It's like, it, it's like, it's not there. Right. Um, and I think that's pretty common. And I think that's, a, that's a, I think that's been a problem for Salesforce. I mean, you look at how was it was it, again speaking of previous Dreamforces, it had to be in the last two or three years where we really started noticing that in fact i think one time one after one Dreamforce, we we asked did, did anyone hear the word chatter in any in any time during Dreamforce? and it's like you know what i don't i don't you know you didn't see any t- 
talks on chatter. It was just it was not a. Th- it's just like they were. I don't want to say giving up, but just, it just wasn't. It wasn't the part of the the strategy anymore. Yeah. Of of you know, because Salesforce is always selling the sizzle. You know, it's always what's hot or what's going to digitally transform you and all that stuff. And at some point, it just stopped being chatter. I mean, it's still there. It's not going to go away. It's just it's not the big hot thing anymore. Yeah, and it, but well, I, but I think there's they've they've always been trying to solve this problem of of corporate communication i mean with within the crm in a lot of different ways whether it's quip or chatter or whatever was there before um to try to frame it up though what from a from a communication perspective what is it that slack is replacing for salesforce no just in general just as a, as a tool from within a business what is it replacing and to me that an- oh, the that, answer is email yeah yeah i mean i think it so if we Okay, if you didn't have Slack or something like it, you'd be doing 50 times more emailing. Right. I mean, just think about how we use it. I mean, if if we were emailing instead, think about how much email that would be. It'd be a ton. Yeah. And for whatever reason, you know, we're, how, what are we, 40, 30 years into email? I don't know how long email's been around or something like it. Mm-hmm. But it's still just, it's it's like, not only, because for, for the longest time, we talked about how, oh, email's this unsolved problem or good email clients and all that. And it's just still... Yeah, it's better. And you've had a few kind of little mini revolutions on the way, things like Gmail. Mm-hmm. But it's just still bad. It's just, it's almost like this, uh, an, an insoluble problem. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is not necessarily a technology problem. It's it, email developed such a bad culture around it, company culture that you can't, you can't break it. The only, you can't fix it. The only thing you can do is shoot it and replace it. And now that's what we're slowly doing. I think email is still much bigger for an intercompany, interorganization communication. You know, when I, you know, when you want to email with a, or I don't know, uh, clients or, or other companies who you're thinking of, you know, bring on as a vendor or whatever. I mean, or mm-hmm. communicate. I mean, a lot of that's going to be email. You're not, you're not intimate enough with them to be, to be slacking them. You know, you're there. They're not in your Slack org. You're not in their Slack org. It's right. Now, maybe one day if you become really tight, tightly partnered with them, or if, maybe, or if, you know, when someone becomes a, a customer, if you're the type of company where you, you know, you bring your customers into your Slack, which is a thing, then that's, that's different, you know, but in, which can re- replace a lot of email. But I mean, I can tell you from our experience, it depends on the client. I mean, some of our clients are very gung-ho to do Slack. We have Slack channels for specific clients, but a lot of them, it's just, you can't get them to touch it. And it's just all email. Everything's email. Yeah. I kind of see that as being being a challenge. Um, I think I think those that have that have kind of found Slack because they're trying to get rid of that e- that kind of email death nail there yeah. that they're using it and they're going to see this as a positive. Um, I also like that it's a little bit more open versus chatter, where you have to have a very expensive Salesforce account to participate. Why do I keep losing breath? Breathe, John. I know. Um, I think Slack could be a good thing for for Salesforce, just in terms of just in terms of the product and what it offers, and its ability to kind of really curtail a lot of that email. I mean, even today, we still get so many requests to send an email notification, send an email notification. Well, yeah. that really should be a send a message to someone. So email email has become the lowest common denominator of communication. Like yeah. if if you're not sure whether they're they're going to be in Chatter or Slack or one of these or, or text or whatever, just it, it everything falls back to email. Email is Email is considered to be universal. Everyone's got a unique. Everyone's got an email address. All email addresses are unique. 
do email. It's just easy. And along those lines, I think my theory is that email is free, practically. You're right. It doesn't cost you a, a nothing of, to add an email address. You know what? But what of, does it cost someone to, to create a freaking Salesforce account to give them access to Chatter? Well, ch there's Chatter Free. It's literally called Chatter Free. Mm. It's, got, it's got free in the name. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Well. Did you, I, did you not think I didn't? I didn't yeah. know about Chatter Free. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't in my calculation. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how many of those you get or whatever, but um, I, and that was. I mean, I, be, I believe that was back when they introduced Chatter Free as a as a license because I again you I think you get them for free and it was it was it was a way for Salesforce to try to con, to push adoption of Chatter. It was one of those things they tried. One of those life lines they tried to throw to mm -hmm. Chatter. And again, by lifeline, you're saying it probably isn't working. <laughs> I mean, you tell me. Does do you feel like Chatter? Has, well, can, can we speculate about that? Well, I mean, because Benny, we don't have to. Benny Off has talked about it. And I don't, I don't know if the clips I have in where he talks about that, but I've heard him say that because he's been asked about chatter and, and he, 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 when, and he doesn't directly answer that, but what he does talk about is how Slack is part of the realization of that vision of, he's going back to it, social enterprise. The social, the term social enterprise is back. Am I saying that clearly? Social enterprise. Sorry. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what that means. Well, you remember the social enterprise, though. That's no. I, I okay. know what it means, but I don't know what it means today. <laughs> Back then, I knew what he meant when he said social. It, it was means, like the Twitter and the communication thing. But now I don't know what social it means, means anymore. Buy, use, and push Slack is what it means now because <laughs> we need we got to sell, 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 sell. But yeah, um, and our friend uh, Nico Grant, who writes for um, Bloomberg, who I I I I believe he is a legit reporter you know quality quality reporter um his report was that people that are familiar with stuart butterfield's thinking says that this this cell was a concession to the threat from microsoft mm. it's like they didn't feel like they were going to win and so they had to get out again Congratulations. I mean, to me, yeah. that's, to me, that's a resounding success. I mean, three years ago, you turned down a $1 billion offer, and today it's $27 billion. That's yeah. That's, uh, that's something to uh, be proud of. Well, let's get to some clips, Sean. Let's. All right. Let's start with our favorite person. Okay. Sorry. I keep having problems. Why are we back? I mean, I'm in the wrong app. I double-clicked a FLAC file, and it opened it in Audition and stopped my recording. Oh. Yeah. What, how, what kind of feature is that, Audition? Thanks. Thanks, Adobe. It's doing <laughs> what you told it. That's you horrible. clicked on a file that is default to do it. It stops recording. <laughs> that's, that's not a good feature. All right. I'm trying this again. If you follow the customer, well, you're going to understand why Salesforce, which built a gigantic business by helping clients harness the power of the cloud, decided to shell out $27.7 billion for Slack technologies. And a deal that was widely criticized by people who, frankly, I don't think read the conference calls of either. They would have known that Slack had a fantastic quarter, as did Salesforce. I think it was a brilliant move. Slack's got great business collaboration software, but they don't have the financial wherewithal to go head-to-head -head against Microsoft forever, right? Microsoft Teams is embedded everywhere. Salesforce has the firepower, though, and Slack fits right in with their cloud platform. He's a little bit wet on the voice. He, you know, he's always like that. Yeah. yeah. Just, I'm hearing him clearer right now. I don't know why. I, want, I just want to bump that back a second. Cloud Hang platform. On. Here's what this kept us right in with their cloud platform. So Slack fits right in with Salesforce's cloud platform. 
Is that just him making stuff up, or is there something behind that, do you think? Uh, I mean, it, it fits in that it's available everywhere. It's a web-based, cloud-based application. Uh, it also has its own kind of plug-in app kind of technology, so you can create apps and sell apps on their marketplace. Yeah, I think Rosé had such a big app marketplace. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and Slack has had a Salesforce thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Salesforce produces that or Slack produces it. I think Slack produced it. Mm. I don't know which yeah. one came first, but yeah. Anyway, all right, let's keep going. Here's what the skeptics don't understand. Salesforce.com is going to be a $200 billion Dow Jones Colossus under the leadership of Mark Benioff. But thanks to the law of large numbers and the fact that, geez, you know, you got to keep scaling, there, it's very difficult for Mark to go from $200 billion to the $500 billion that I think that company can go, at least not all organically. Why? Because to most people, Salesforce is invisible. Unless you're a data scientist or you work in sales, you don't interact with their software. That Unless you're a data scientist? I mean, actually, I thought that... I don't think you understand Salesforce. Why? Well, because that's just totally not true. Only data scientists interact with Salesforce? Uh, I don't know, maybe uh, I'm missing something. I, 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 I mean, he's, it's word salad to him. He doesn't uh, yeah, know what he's so. talking about. He's, I think you're right. He's just trying to key off of the whole data machine learning stuff and yep. there's your data, data science and and if you're, if you're your business you're a salesperson then you know about it so you're either a data scientist doing machine learning or you're a salesperson selling stuff yeah. Those, that's your audience when salesforce pr provided him the talking about like hey just fit all these terms in he's like i can do that <laughs> that's why mark needs a visible platform something everyone can see and something everyone can buy don't get me wrong. Salesforce works miracles. When we brought them into the street.com, which we sold last year, we saw a 30% uptick, 30% in uptick in sales almost immediately. But I saw that 30% number because I was an executive. The rank and file, they, they didn't see Salesforce, but they did see Slack. Everyone sees Slack. Now the two of them are one, and that's what matters. Mm. So no, no one sees Salesforce, it. everyone sees Slack. I, just, I, don't, I don't get that. He, he he's speaking from a, 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 a um, uh, what's the word? Who are those people? The analysts. <laughs> the analysts. Okay. He's speaking on the analyst perspective. There, there's a ton of eyeballs on Slack. They're they're waiting. They're waiting to see how big it can go and whether or not it can compete with Microsoft. And and every win it it gets, it's the new darling of the growth trend market, always going up type stuff. Yeah. Okay. Next. Now, many people are looking at this as a defensive move against Microsoft. What's your response to that? Well, you can see Salesforce has really never been stronger. We just uh, delivered a phenomenal. Actually, so the question is, is this a defense to Microsoft? And I want you to tell me if Benioff answers that question. Stronger. We just uh, delivered a phenomenal quarter, raised our guidance, $21.1 this year. We're going to do over $25.5 in revenue next year. Emily, it's the fastest growing enterprise software company ever of all time. <laughs> Salesforce has never been stronger. And when we look at Slack, which is also a tremendously fast growing company, but has really a breakthrough technology, the idea that you can collaborate and have channels. And, you know, we've integrated our products already, um, but this idea that you can have this next generation work from anywhere environment runs on my phone, runs on my iPad. Amazing what is possible for me here. Yeah, no, he didn't answer. <laughs> it just cracks me up. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's almost like they, you know, they she kind of pre-recorded all the questions. He pre-recorded all those answers and the editor that pieced them together got some out of order. <laughs> No, I mean that that's a that's a pol politician's way of responding to a yeah, question. Yeah, no, he's he's really good at that. Yeah. Um, okay, next. 
Dan, would it raise any antitrust concerns? I know we've talked about Microsoft being such a fierce competitor to Slack, but does a Slack-Salesforce combination, you know, just divvy up the field into two players? Would that be too much for regulators? Yeah, I think it does maybe raise some eyebrows on the antitrust front, you know, especially given more and more focus uh, within the beltway on antitrust. Now, if you look at Salesforce, obviously Microsoft with Teams, I mean, that would be a two-horse race. And I, I do think Slack views it as they see a challenge competing more and more against Microsoft. And then they've talked about that. A Salesforce deal would give them a lot more horsepower to go after Nadella and Redmond. Well, Dan. Right. Uh, but does that make it harder? For, sorry, John, go ahead. Dan, uh, do, do Google or Amazon have to answer here, and even the likes of an Adobe or an SAP, which, which has not fared so well, even during this pandemic and the focus on enterprise software. You talk about it being a two-horse race. Does that have to be in We've got to be quick. It's a great point because I think this would be a shot across the bow. I think Curian and Google would definitely have to accelerate their acquisition strategy. And to the previous question, I think there is an, you know, an antitrust view here that would be more and more scrutinized, but that would be a shot across the bow to Google where they'd have to get that M&A engine running. Dan Ives from Wedbush. This conversation, if Benioff is listening to it, has him giddy as hell because now it's Salesforce and Microsoft. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. the two front runners yeah. in enterprise software behind, and, and Amazon and Google are trailing behind. Benioff is just busting a huge yes. one over this oh, yeah. one. <laughs> Um, and also, you know, to be, listen, when you've, when people are starting to talk about your acquisitions as raising, um, antitrust regulation eyebrows, that's when you know you've made it. Yeah. yeah. That's just another one of those notches on your belt, right? Which doesn't make sense. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, don't I, I, I can say, you can say it raises an eyebrow, but there's, there's nothing meaty there. There's nothing for, for a anything to latch on to. I don't think so either. Really? A Slack acquisition? I mean, there's plenty of other chat things out there. All right. So talk to us about Slack's personality. It is a very popular user interface. How will the Slack experience change under Salesforce? It won't. Well, I think the Slack experience is going to be really augmented by the data, the workflow, the, the collaboration that you know, you're you're already using, like I said, I use Salesforce every day to do my sales, to do my sales. the ranch on the side. Do my analytics. Hang on, you, you stepped on something that I, I thought was funny. Salesforce every day to do my sales. Uh, hang on. You know, you're you're already using, like I said, I use Salesforce every day to do my sales, to do my service, to do marketing, do my analytics with Tableau. So what what do you think? What kind of service do you think, Mark? Does he work in cases or uh, what? Is he in the service console? Working I don't know. Service? I'm more concerned with the fact he didn't say Einstein. It's a tableau. Oh, tableau, yeah. No, that's that's a thing. Did Einstein get kicked off the board? I don't know. I I can't. This is, I've been trying to fill this out for a year now. I I still don't know. Yeah. I hope not because I took the time to learn Einstein analytics relatively recently. (laughs) (laughs) It's integrated with all of my enterprise systems. Now all of that is appearing right inside of Slack. I mean, when I saw the original demos and prototypes of what our two products look like together, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so much more productive. Okay, hold on. (laughs) Hold on. Hold up. There was no prototype of what it looked like together. They installed the freaking Salesforce app and triggered a bunch of things from Chatter over to it. And there you go. 
there there was no integration. Yeah. There's no prototype. That's like saying that's like what was that acquisition where they were they were they were they were on lightning, lightning before lightning. Yeah, yeah. And you look at it, it's like a bunch of visual force with yeah. some lightning styling, and I'm like, that's not <laughs> come on, guys. Good enough for a CEO demo though, John. I can work from anywhere. And I'm deeply connected into all of my customer experiences. They have a new product called Salesforce, uh, sorry, called Slack Connect, Salesforce Slack Connect. You're integrated intimately with your customers during this so i i'm I'm thrilled and emily i'm i'm so happy to be able to tell you this today because uh i i've just been uh just been so excited since i you know first heard the potential to get something like this done someone who needs to tell markets it's rude to be typing on your keyboard while you're on an interview (laughs) it is i'm just i'm looking for the slack app on my watch because i thought he did everything on his watch yeah yeah i don't see it huh (laughs) ran his business from his watch yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what is he using then? I don't know. Uh, this, this is a fun question. Now, you did try to build Slack from within with Chatter. It didn't necessarily take off in the same way. What do you think about your desire uh, and continuing uh, desire to, to do these deals? What does that say about Salesforce's ability to innovate, buy versus build? Do you have the set at well, two times? You do. Why is it doing that? <laughs> I do because I recognize because I listened to the Benioff keynote at two times. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's something messed up with the clip. I don't I wonder if I can slow it down. Let me try to just manually slow it down. I can slow it down. Let's see. Try this. That's over a decade ago. We had this vision of the social enterprise, and we had our Dreamforces. By the way, Dreamforces tomorrow, so I hope you'll tune in. But, you know, we had a whole Dreamforces built around the social enterprise. This idea, exactly as I just articulated, collaborative user interfaces, collaborative applications, collaborative, collaborative ecosystems built on top of these huge customer data lakes. And this idea that this- What? Yeah, I don't know. This was possible. This was always our dream. We built Chatter, but that was way before there was ever Slack. Now Slack has kind of come along. It's that vision of collaboration, but they added things that we could have never imagined, especially with how they've integrated into everything like Zoom. And so you're able to have these great new product productivity environments and I think customers are going to just love this. Um, that, that reminds me, he mentioned Zoom. I already mentioned Zoom on several interviews, and I find it interesting mm-hmm. that he is mentioning Zoom quite a bit. Because, you know, someone in his position has to be really careful about who you acknowledge, especially when it's someone who, I mean, I mean Zoom's not a competitor of Salesforce, but it could be. I mean, they're, they're getting into all this communication thing. So are they using Zoom? Well, Salesforce, you know, just internally. Yeah, because I thought they were. So I think they did, but they also, I think it was last summer when I think a lot, I've, I heard from several Salesforce employees who said that, yeah, we, they told us to stop using Zoom because huh. of the concerns around security. They had, you know, some yeah. security, some kind of China thing, or I don't know what it was, but. Yeah, because I, I, I thought they were all like, what, what was it? What was that other one? Not WebEx, but oh, there was WebEx. There was GoToMeeting. Yeah, they were. They were so. Yeah, for the longest time, Salesforce had a big deal with GoToMeeting. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure what all they're they're using now. Um, Probably Zoom, since he's mentioned it several times. And even on even at that Dreamforce thing, he said when we when we talk on Zoom. I know, I know. And and listen, he Benioff chooses his words, and he he's so careful. He's so now I won't say scripted, but he's so on message. He's very disciplined. That's the word. He's disciplined, and he doesn't mention. A, a company or a brand by accident. It's mm. all on purpose. It's all thought through. It's all very, um, what's the word? 
and just decided. It's all very, yeah. Purposeful. Yeah, it's, you're right. And so it, it's just, it's interesting. So keep your eye on Salesforce and Zoom. Hmm. Okay, uh, here's the fun one. You know, he just had to have oh, it. Oh, hang on. Oh, sorry, I got to fix this back. Go back to normal speed. This is his friend, uh, Kara Swisher. He just had to have it. That's Mark Benioff. So short-term shareholders should be wary when they, he says things like that. <laughs> he just had to have it. He just no, that, was her, that was her response to the acquisition news. Oh, he just he had to have it. It's like a, a boy looking at a, a toy through the window of the shop, you know? <laughs> well, Brett Taylor said something like that as well in an interview where he he said that, you know, you don't always plan your acquisition. Sometimes you just have to, when, when the opportunity strikes, you, gotta, you just got to step forward. Well, and I'm glad you brought up Brett because... You know, he's credited as putting this whole deal together. So he was working with Butterfield. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think they, I think he took the idea to, to Butterfield and, and they kind of talked, you know, worked on like, what would that, what would this look like? How would this work? You know, obviously how much money are you going to pay me? Mm -hmm. But also what is, what is, what does Slack inside Salesforce look like? And is it, is that better for customers as a, you know, overall, or is it better to stay a separate product? And I mean, it sounds like it's going to stay a separate product. It sounds like they're going to maintain some sense of yeah, autonomy. There's already this Salesforce thing in, in Slack. It'll be interesting to see, though, within Salesforce, you know, where, I mean, because what's the, again, the, I feel like, you know, the Tableau versus Einstein analytics, just messaging-wise, Salesforce, this is, I think this is, a, this is a problem. Like, it's very, it's a confusing, customers are still very confused about what, they're, what they should do, what long-term, like, where, which horse do you bet on? Mm-hmm. And now you've got Chatter and you've got Slack, and we know if you're if you're already if you're using Salesforce and you you know do you do you use do you standardize on Chatter or am I supposed to use Slack now? What am I supposed to do? All right. Well, now I like the idea of you know want Chatter. You can get down to record specific, and you can with inside the Salesforce interface on records you can Chatter on on records and you can't really do that in slack i mean slack can bring records in and you can kind of at mention records and there's some integration there that's kind of cool yeah but that all kind of that messaging when you talk about a record in slack it just it's it scrolls into it goes to scroll heaven <laughs> you know what? whereas the chattering you're doing on a record in salesforce it stays on that record right So, yeah, and when well, will I mean, they fix that? Said will that, you be able to Slack on a record in Salesforce? In in Salesforce, maybe, maybe that was the uh, the prototype that um, he mentioned that I poo pooed all over. Yeah, yeah, maybe there was something like that. You just you you have a failure to imagine, John. That's my problem. No imagination. Um, okay, so we talked about. Were we done with that one? Which one was that? Was that uh, chatter? He had to have it. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. Next. I think investors felt like they were lied to by Mark. That he said, you know, we're not going to do any deals. It's not the right environment. They wanted to see two quarters of no MA, margin improvement, and, and I care about you, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Shareholder. And me just threw that out the window now on this transaction. So, uh, it's, you know, it, there's a lot of explaining to do on Mark's behalf. Yeah, I've seen some of that kind of. Everyone wants to be positive about this. So they're framing everything very much on the Slack side where they're, where they're trying to show their positivity and they will slight Salesforce a little bit on not only how much it costs, but the fact that, that they, he wasn't going to do any acquisitions, mainly because they were concerned that, that they weren't concentrating enough on their margins. 
Yeah, and you know, we talk about this costing Salesforce twenty-seven billion dollars, but really, since the you know the rumors were essentially announced, um, Salesforce also has lost about I think it was forty around forty billion in market cap. So so far, you know, this has cost them. And of course, that, yeah. you know, again, that's kind of funny money in a way. But if you add the two together, that's sixty-seven billion dollars, and it's like okay. Really, how is Slack, Slack ever going to pay that back? <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, really, that's why it's been a positive for Slack because it was it was a, such a smart thing on their part. But it's been a little bit of a negative on Salesforce's part because the analysts were already concerned about about revenues. Yeah, and this just goes back to this. I mean, it's it's kind of making more sense. I mean, this, for so long, Salesforce's acquisition tr- strategy really hasn't made a ton of sense to me. But it's fueled growth and it's fueled the stock. Uh, yeah, it has, and it, it's weird. But and the, and it. They use their <laughs> what's arguably inflated stock value, inflated market cap to use. They use that funny money to go out and buy a lot of these companies, and then it just it it kept feeding that machine, and so you end up with this cycle, right? You use their funny money to buy things that feeds back into your funny money. Mm-hmm. Still, no one. I mean, we're still not doing anything approaching profitability really uh, uh, for the longest time, um, but now. There's the strategy of they have so many products. Again, their their surface. Their what, what's a good term for this in my brain? Like a, their their selling surface area, their corporate surface area. I don't know what you'd call it. Organizational surface area. Their I mean, footprint. Their, their footprint, right? I mean, they're just their product portfolio. It's almost as like you. What what organizations aren't going to have some kind of agreement with Salesforce for some of their products? Well, that's the same thing so that Microsoft has going for them and Oracle as well. And it's going to get to the point that, you know, everyone's going to have Salesforce. And at some point, we've, talked, we've been talking about this for, I feel like, 10 years. Mm-hmm. At some point, Salesforce will be able to say, okay, we've grown enough. Now let's stop blowing all the funny money and the real money, and let's start churning out profit. It's just, it's just, I think it's just a decision. They have to decide when they're at that inflection point. That's like, okay, we're big enough. We've acquired, we've built, we've acquired enough things. We're gigantic. You know, they're going to be, you know, Mark's already talking about, you know, it used to be 10 billion, now it's 50 billion. I mean, maybe once when they hit 50 billion, when they hit that point, they're, they're such, they're really on the same playing field as the biggest tech companies out there, the Microsofts, mm-hmm. the Oracles, right? And then they can start. Now it's like, well, okay, we've got the most innovative products. We're in the same order of magnitude in terms of size of, of their of the biggest companies out there now they can just start making money i mean that i think that would be nice yeah i mean because it's well it's, again at some point that's what the investors are going to expect again if you've got to either keep growing like they're growing or you start you have to start making money because at at some point that's what this game is all about right <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Where are we? Oh, speaking of fifty billion, you know, I've always had this fifty billion dollar dream for uh, Salesforce. So let's see. Uh, let's see us go there. What? What? He's always had this fifty billion dollar dream, John. What was the dream? It wasn't fifty billion? No. Nope. <laughs> what was it? I'm waiting for the clip. <laughs> oh gosh. Do I? Do I have it? You should. Uh, of course I do. It is absolutely my dream, and I'm dedicated to being the fastest to ten billion. I'm gonna have to update the soundboard, John. It's I've, it's been that clip's been obsoleted. Well, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it, now. You didn't, and he didn't say it's my new dream. Did you notice what this? It's his, always been. Always my had dream. this fifty billion dollar dream. He's always had this fifty billion. Really, that was always your dream. Fifty billion. That's interesting. So when yeah. they started out in that that famous story about that that apartment 
closet they rented to run Salesforce in. <laughs> that was his dream. It was fifty billion. It wasn't ten billion. Yeah. <laughs> well, someday it'll be. No, the plan was always two hundred billion, two fifty billion. Exactly. <laughs> That's like, now do you see these things people do on Facebook or whatever? Well, you don't see Facebook, but people, no. I'll, I'll let you know. People do these things where they're like, hey, it's my birthday or, or um, you know, um, whatever. What are, the, what are the reasons? But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to raise um, $500 for the American Cancer Association or for the SBCA, which mm-hmm. is, a, which is a, of course, a, a, an animal um, human, humaneness organization, right? Um, and, and so people will chip in and next thing you know, they hit their $500 goal. Well, then what do you see next time you log into Facebook? Their goal is now a thousand. They've raised mm. their goal. And I'm like, you know what? I feel like you just moved the goalpost on me. <laughs> now I'm thinking second, I'm having second thoughts about having contributed to your, to your scam operation here. Yeah. Of course, it's not a scam. It's, but you know, Hey, when you hit your goals, why not? You know, you, clearly you set your sights too low, right? Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still don't understand his obsession with being the fastest. He still says that. I mean, even even at the Dreamforce keynote, he said fastest. We're the we we're the we grew the fastest, or something something on those lines. I, yeah, and and the weird thing is about that is because Marcus he is such good at message. He's so good at messaging. Um, but besides him and and you know seven or eight banks that own almost all the Salesforce stock, who cares? I don't. I mean, do customers care that they're the? I mean, I, I think customers. I think have it goes hand in hand with goals. this messaging to the analysts, which is we're growing. Yeah, we're still yeah. growing. No, I think that's and we're still is. pushing for growth. Sure. I think that it, it all pushes towards that. Yeah, because if here's the problem, <clears throat> if because he's talked about the speed of their growth so much, if he ever stopped talking about the speed of their growth, then that would be that would be a message, right? And that you know yeah. to the to investors, and that would be bad. All right. There does not seem to be this. Okay. Now we're, now we're into the phase of, I've only got a couple of clips here, but these are clips I've heard on other podcasts talking about this. Cheater. Listen to other podcasts. There does not seem to be this natural integration of Slack into Salesforce that we've all just been dying to have that's really going to make it that much more valuable. It feels like there will be some forced integration that that potentially it'll, you know, would not go, you know, be more Salesforce taking over Slack than Slack taking over. Yeah. Hmm. Do do people really want Slack in their Salesforce? No, I think he's saying he's just skeptical that there's any going to be any kind of like groundbreaking or valuable integration or that people have been clamoring to have Slack in their Salesforce. I I, I mean, I think to your point earlier on in this conversation, I kind of want my Slack to be separate from from everything else. I like that I can. I only have to log into Slack. I don't have to. Always, I don't. I barely log into our org. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Salesforce. I mean, uh, one thing is they they've done a pretty good job as of late with with these products that they've bought. These big companies that have that are kind of product. And Slack is Slack is like the epitome of a product company, mm-hmm. right? I think so. I think they're gonna. I think if you just want to use Slack as a product, you can. That's not. I don't think that's going to change. I think they're going to do a good job of just keeping that. Because they haven't always been good like that, but I mean, all of their more recent history, they've been good yeah. at that. Well, the products are too big; they've gotten bigger. There's no chance at integrating. <sighs> yeah, but they 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 could they could tie it in so that you kind of have to have Salesforce too, and they just haven't done that. It's you know you can you know companies that don't use Salesforce. I mean, they're gonna just still go to that same their team URL to log in. They're gonna have that you know it's yeah. it's, it's not gonna be it's not gonna get sucked into the in, in, you know, assimilated into the the Borg. All right, last one. This seems like 
a shit deal, to tell you the truth. <laughs> and I'm not happy about it. No, I, I, I hate Salesforce. Like, <laughs> who is this? I haven't been their customer once they are a bunch of D-bags. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't resist, John. <laughs> that was uh, Coder Radio. Coder Radio, huh? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was just for the funnies. But uh, I mean, you know, I don't know. This is this is there. The- there are some people that aren't happy with Salesforce acquiring Slack. Some very dedicated Slack sure. people that are oh sure that are already talking about moving to a different platform. Yeah. Well, we can keep going. Um, there was an article. This is some some website called Platform Onomics that had actually really good. They had like kind of realities. Is like five or four or five realities. I'll just I'll just go through a few here. But okay. Uh, he said, uh, first of all, Salesforce's announcement that it's acquiring Slack was just what you'd expect from a company that spends over 46 cents of every dollar on marketing. And then there's actually a kind of a timeline here with four different lines. What are these companies? Salesforce, Microsoft, Workday, and Oracle. And Salesforce is just by far, far and away, like spends more, more of its money on marketing than anything else. And he says, if there was a magic quadrant for marketing hyperbole, swagger, and tchotchkes, <laughs> Salesforce would occupy the highest and rightmost position oh, yeah. in the entire history of magic quadrants. They would win hands they would, down. They would just redefine the entire magic quadrant in amazing ways. Uh, he said they're, also he says their language is remarkably Trumpian. Trumpian? Just need all, just need, oh, they just need all caps and a few typos. <laughs> <laughs> Well, haven't we? Haven't people? People have observed that that the there's a striking similarity between Trump's communication and Benioff's communication style. Hmm. They it, kind of out there just, just, in their vocabulary. Yeah. They're the you know they have their 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 catchphrases. There's a you know they have a few words that they just really love to use and abuse. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. To the point where people are putting out bingo cards for it. I wonder if it's. I wonder if this would be an appropriate time to. Let's see. Of course, the uh, the the new word that should be on the bingo card is you. In fact, I probably need to do a montage of yous from from that keynote. Is this a good time to play this one? Amazing, 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 mm. amazing, incredible! Isn't that amazing? Incredible! 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 Unbelievable! Phenomenal! Phenomenal! Incredible! Amazing! It's amazing! Phenomenal! Phenomenal! Awesome! Phenomenal! 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 Incredible! Awesome! Awesome! Phenomenal! Phenomenally! Awesome! Phenomenal! Incredible! Amazing! Unbelievable! Phenomenal! Incredible! Awesome! Awesome! Phenomenal! New! Phenomenal! Awesome! Awesome! Phenomenal! It's been an amazing keynote thank you very much everybody that was by the way put together from one keynote (laughs) that's always good um okay reality number one salesforce has become a financial roll-up that's another good way to think about salesforce in a way Hmm. salesforce has become a financial play that is dependent on buying revenue to keep up its growth and thereby valuation the incremental revenue from tableau just rolled off so salesforce's growth rate has dropped in the quarter that was coincidentally reported concurrent with the acquisition announcement Coincidentally, right? obviously tongue in cheek, and they are forecasting their slowest growth since the 2009 quarter uh, for the next quarter. Anyway, hence it is time for another deal. Timing may take precedence over price or strategic plausibility. But you know what? That's actually interesting. If you actually look at where where Salesforce has bent, I guess the profitability curve in a way is a lot of it's their investments. I mean, if you compare Salesforce's like investment activity. Mm-hmm. To like the profitability of their actual in, of their own operations, um, the they've they've really struck it on a lot of investments that's really helped help them quite a bit. And so 
<laughs> it's almost going to like one of these things that it, the sell, Salesforce is going to be like almost buying like a mutual fund when you buy Salesforce stock. No, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's, I think it's been a strategy that's really paid. I think honestly, it's one of the smartest things that this, if you give Mark Benioff credit for it, I don't know who else is behind this, but um, whoever's behind all that, I mean, you got to give them a lot of credit because I think Salesforce has really done well on the investment. What's it called? Salesforce Ventures? Anyway, uh, reality number two, this is a very, very expensive acquisition. Slack is paying 33 times Slack's TTM, which is trailing 12 months. Salesforce is paying. Sorry, what I say? Salesforce is paying yeah. 33 times Slack's trailing 12 months. Blah, blah, blah. They are paying a premium over of over 50% relative to Slack's most recent stock the market cap. So whatever the investment community said Slack was worth, Mark, Salesforce is paying double, double that. Uh, $27 billion is an awful lot to pay for an IRC chat <laughs> without, and back to this, without a competitive video or audio and not much of a developer platform. And Wall Street, who can usually rationalize any valuation, are questioning the price. Uh, there's more on that, but I will skip. Um, and number three, Salesforce has become a terrible, has, has a terrible record at integrating acquired products. Salesforce has bought a lot of companies, 60 plus, but has struggled to integrate them at the product level or consolidate them onto a common platform. I think, I mean, that's, that's true. It's probably fact check, yeah. fact check true, right? Yeah. Although I guess the, I don't know. That's, I always wonder if the Salesforce 360, is that, is that the bandaid over all that? Because I don't think you, I actually think, I don't think it's reasonable to expect that you, you convert things like marketing cloud or whatever onto their common, onto a common actual platform. I just don't think well, that's just it, not, it, I mean, you can't even uh, get off an Oracle database. How are you going to, I mean, it's it, just, it kind of defeats the purpose of the acquisition to do that. But um, I'm in favor of having things more integrated and, and basically having a, a true platform and not this hodgepodge of kitted together things. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to, I think, it depends on what level of abstraction you're at. If if you're at the abstraction of, you know, APIs and things, then maybe yeah, you I mean, can view them as a as the, a. The as problem a, is that it it's not fun, it's not easy yeah. to do, and it costs a lot of money because these tools are very different and they still cost what they cost to integrate. Yeah, I mean, dealing even with something simple like a Pardot integration and thing. I mean, that's not all that simple and to coordinate and, and orchestrate and. Forget marketing cloud. That, yeah. That's a whole different beast, and you don't yeah. even get the same kind of tools. I can't get a damn sandbox of marketing cloud so I can pick up the skill. I, I heard you, I, I've seen rumors that you can now. Yeah, you uh, have to like have a partnership or know someone yeah. or something, and then you can get access to some, I don't know, it's some weird thing. But I mean, in terms of accessibility to, to gaining skills on those platforms, it's kind of difficult because they're different technologies in terms of integrating them because they have their own isolated APIs, and Salesforce has their own APIs. and they don't always work very well together. I mean, it's it's not an ideal situation. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I just I think it's I don't know, maybe maybe we're still in kind of generation one of of the integration of some of these products, and maybe generation two, which I think Salesforce three sixty is a big part of that, will be a better story. I just don't know what to expect. It's like you know, think about when a, a, one of these massive global car companies buys another one. That, it's not. It's not all of a sudden they're just they're on the the car. The cars themselves are on the same platforms and they're all common things. No, it's just it's impossible. It takes like decades to if you do. I do think you'd be surprised about how many different car models are on the same frame and using the same electronics and everything within a car company. Yes. Yes. 
Well, no, saying. not even within a car. Well, because car companies, the brand name on a car, it, it could say Audi, but it's a Chrysler or something. It's it's all the same company. That That's different. What I'm talking about is distinct, separate. When a one big car company buys another, it takes years, if not decades. For oh, to standardize to, on yes, the platform. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, and let's see what he says. So they, he said they bought, you know, MuleSoft. It hasn't helped. It hasn't helped. Hmm. I'm not sure about that. Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's all that you could have a show on that. The glass half full take is that they have let their acquisitions be and instead focused on selling the hell out of each product. And Salesforce can sell, if nothing else, uh, versus that's his comment on mine, uh, versus integrating across the portfolio. But once under the Salesforce umbrella, product roadmaps evolve on geologic time. Once under the Salesforce umbrella, product roadmaps evolve on a geologic time. Just slowly, I guess. He's saying once they're under the Salesforce umbrella, they just, they kind of slow down. I, I don't know. I'm not sure I've seen that either. Um, and he says, letting Slack just be is not an option for this deal, as the entire premise is that Slack will be threaded through everything and provide a, coher- a, a coherence across the entire Salesforce portfolio that has never existed. They even see it as the common thread for all of their business apps. And then he's got a quote here from Salesforce. Uh, this is, this is, this is a, a gem right here. You ready? This is a quote from Salesforce. As the new interface for customer... Sorry, I got to start over. Screwed it up. <laughs> and three, two. As the new interface for Salesforce Customer 360, Slack will transform how people communicate, collaborate, and take action on customer information across Salesforce, as well as information from all of their other business apps and systems to be more productive, make smarter, faster decisions, and create connected customer experiences. So to roll that back. They're saying Slack is the new customer. Sorry, Slack is the new interface for Salesforce Customer 360. Now my question to you is, John, is an ask mm-hmm. John. Did Salesforce Customer 360 already need a new face? I haven't. I'm not sure I've seen the first face yet. No. Nope. this face number two. Nope. But also, but uh, that really quick. Yeah. Congratulations for getting through that. I know that was that was difficult. And I'm out of water. I'm like I've got cotton mouth over here. Yeah. <sighs> You didn't even cringe once, and I was cringing every, yeah. every at every syllable. Well, I mean, and and this guy is saying that they they cannot let Slack just be a product, which is kind of goes about against what we were just talking about. He's saying that it has to be, and that's what Salesforce is promising to do, really to thread it through all their products, which I think would be great. I think they need to do both things. You have to let it be a product that mm-hmm. is still standalone that people have thoughts all they want Slack. They can put it their credit card number and they can get Slack. Sure. In fact, more of the just put in your credit card number thing, please. That's what cloud computing is all about. In fact, mm-hmm. that's one of my, I have to look up that Evernote somewhere and um, roll that out and see if it's, see, if it, see how it still stands. I was like my, here's my 10 tests for, is it cloud? And one <laughs> of them is if I can't put my credit card number in and sign up without talking to humans, then it's not cloud. So more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think they definitely, if they can do it, they should thread Slack and truly integrate it, build it into all of their well, all the products that make sense to do it in. What does that even mean, though? What does it mean to thread Slack into so, everything? So I, instead of chattering on a record, I can Slack on a record. They just changed the name of Chatter to Slack. No, that, no that's not, that, that doesn't count then, if they do that. That doesn't count for me. That's not what I mean. Well, I mean, the Slack API isn't conducive for, for consuming feeds. Well, they're gonna have so to, if you think about all your API integrations that consume a chatter well, feed Well, you haven't seen the mock-up demo that they showed Mark Benioff. Well, that's John, true. So. I have not. <laughs> I have not. I, I, 
I don't agree. I think it should be. I, I actually agreed with the first part of what you were saying that that Salesforce really is their value is being a marketing company. And so the more that they put under their umbrella and they just market and sell the hell out of these things, maybe just letting them be is the best thing to do. I think they have to integrate it too, though. I don't know. It's it's they, well, they can integrate Slack just by giving it a component, like they uh, have with so. the Salesforce thing. It doesn't and 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 with Word Salad and marketing pick video and fancy music and things, they can make it seem like it's truly integrated when all it is is just a here plug this this the plug into your Skype app. Yeah, and, and Skype app on. And also just looking at the Aqua Hire aspect of this, you know, they're getting some smart product people with Slack that might have some really good ideas on how to integrate Slack into their other products. True. Um, he continues, this is a big ac- ambition for a company that has consistently struggled to do this kind of engineering. And he says, this is a company that it is in its second decade of trying to figure out how to get off of Oracle. Ooh, ouch. Mm. That one hurt a little bit. Let's call this a major risk factor. Let's call it a major potential distraction from the real prerequisite for this vision, which is a singular underlying data platform. I just, I think that's, I'm just not, uh, I'm not sure I buy that argument that, that there has, and this is what you and I were just arguing about, that there has to be a singular underlying platform. Marketing Cloud is always going to be .NET. <laughs> <laughs> Salesforce, you know, Sales Cloud and Service Cloud is always going to be Java. Yeah, I mean, and, and well, because I mean, at, at the bottom line, if you were to take everything off and invest it and truly just put everything on one platform, what does it change? Exactly, and it and honestly, it shouldn't change anything. And what I mean by that is, if done right, and this is I know theoretical, but it what what underlying technology platforms these clouds are built on, the products, whatever you want to call them, isn't isn't is an implementation detail that as a user of any of these clouds or even as a a developer that works with the APIs of these different clouds, it it shouldn't really leak out to me. I shouldn't. I don't care whether it's Oracle or SQL Server under the hood. You know, as long as I have f- uh, federated identities, not only of, of user accounts but also of all my business entities. I mean, meaning my customers, my mm-hmm. products, all those things. Um, and I've got unified APIs across these things and unified, um, you know, authentication, all those sorts of things that you'd want. And also a consistent style of API that that might be tougher, but does the you know when does the sales cloud API does it does it have a consistent mint like like a mental model or developer model or whatever just mm-hmm. approach or style that the that the marketing cloud API does right uh, they probably don't and no and that's that's a long term evolution to get them there but I think they could they can do all these things without having to rewrite marketing cloud in Java. I just, I don't think that's not, it's not going to happen. And it doesn't have to happen in order to achieve most of the benefits that a singular data platform or singular underlying compute platform would give them. I just don't think it's, it's not going to happen and it's not required. So but I that's not what, that's not what Salesforce trades on though. They don't trade on, on the fact that they've got this great platform with this amazing technology behind it that that's unified and simple and all that kind of stuff. They trade on the marketing, they trade on the features, they trade on, on capabilities. That's what they trade on. John. How many times have we heard the world's number one metadata-driven customer success lightning one platform, all these things, you know? I mean, they, they certainly do trade on that. Am I wrong? It, when it comes to their recent acquisitions, yeah, because they don't, they don't conform to that. <laughs> a Salesforce developer, in my mind, is anybody who is configuring the Salesforce platform. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's a platform. The platform. The platform. Yeah. The no, 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 no. The operating system. 
Oh yeah. Well, we got to rename it. It's mm-hmm. going to be what? Oh, let's can, let's take the operating system cloud. No, no, uh, no, no, no. OSC. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I just I don't. It doesn't have the right ring to it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say um, customer success operating system. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Einstein OS. Mm. Uh, that's got a ring to it. Uh, that that's if you believe that they're really carrying this. They're 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 extending the Einstein brand to that extent. I'm just not sure. Yeah, they are. might want to stop paying the the license for for his like. Because I'm sure that when that license renewal comes up, it, the price never goes down on those things. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Einstein's grandchildren. I'm sure. I'm sure they're wanting to oh, see, they're, they're see their revenue this. increases yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, they're loving this. All right. Well, let me just skip down to reality. Uh, anyway, uh, final thought on that was Salesforce seems to be hoping that an IRC chat company can build out a broad enterprise platform for them because they have not been able to do it themselves. Uh, I, wait, let me, let me say, I, the reason I brought this article is because first of all, this guy, every once in a while, he does have, I think, interesting articles. Mm-hmm. I don't really necessarily agree with any of these points, but there are interesting points to make and they're funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Reality number four, Salesforce is neither a bear nor an alligator, more like Amway. Anyway, uh, this is Amway. I, I didn't actually, I don't know. I'm sure I get that. But he says, uh, he tells a story about, um, there's an aphorism that anyway, someone, uh, I guess an executive who sold his, uh, company anyway, in a fight between a bear and an alligator, it's the terrain, which determines who wins. And he says to this day, I'm not sure if he thought his company was the bear or the alligator because he, he lost regardless, but the battle for information workers is an away game for Salesforce. They simply don't understand or have experience with this customer audience. And previous efforts like Chatter and Quip reinforce this. Again, maybe that's a reality, but I think Slack helps them because Slack, that's a home game for Slack. They are a product company. They do have the love and trust of these developer type teams. And I think that's what part of what Salesforce is buying. Anyway, he's got a final reality, but what was it? The pandemic tailwind. Oh, the pandemic tailwind argument has a fatal flaw. Anyway. So from a personal perspective, from your perspective, what do you think about the acquisition? Is it good? Is it bad? Does it change anything? Uh, so I've given up. I gave up a long time ago trying to understand um, how these SaaS companies are, are, are valued Mm. On, on stock markets, I've given up trying to understand how these acquisitions make sense, how the amount of money they pay for them make any sense. Um, you know, think about it. Just even go back to Marketing Cloud. What they paid for it was a couple billion, one point six billion, which seems like nothing now, right? <laughs> no, I mean, that's yeah. just like I feel like I could. Well, find Microsoft out. was cash. I mean, that was that that hurt hurt a bit more. Well, they had to, and they had to go out and finance that too. Yeah. Um, but um, even even like you know, let's say they pay two billion dollars for marketing cloud. I mean, has marketing cloud thrown up a not thrown up, thrown sorry, not thrown up. That's different. Thrown <laughs> off enough profit to even pay for that original price. Maybe maybe it has. I don't know. And the question is, you know, it, this goes into like internal rates of return and uh, t- you know future uh, future value of cash flows, present value, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. to know whether something is going to be worth it, whether it was worth it. And so anyway, it's. It's such a weird, twisted thing. It's such a long game, and I'm not good at chess. I'm not good at those kind of long strategic games. <laughs> so I have to give, you know, I have to like, I guess Benny off this genius of this kind of thing. Um, and I don't even, I don't think he even understands his product at all. But I, but he understands this business strategy, mm. and he's playing that game. 
And so I have to, I had to say, I don't know. I mean, it's working for him so far. He just keeps getting richer and his stock keep price overall in the long term trend keeps going up. And he's, yeah. you know, he went from 1 billion to 10 billion to now 20 billion. And next thing is 50 billion as we just heard. So, um, it's hard for me to say, and it's, I don't even feel like it's not even my position to say, but, um, I hope it, I hope it works out for them. And I just, as a user of some of these products, a lot of Salesforce products and Slack, mm-hmm. I mean, I hope they do a good job of integrating it. And I think if they, I think if they do it right, I mean, I think Slack, not only the product itself can, can add a lot to Salesforce where chatter just kind of didn't, or maybe has some shortcomings. They just can't seem to, you know, it's like, it's not in their DNA to get past. Well, what do you do then? You bring a new DNA, some fresh DNA. Maybe they can help. Yeah. But also if they can just, you know, leverage Slack as, as something else to sell something else on that, on the, on the SKU list, um, something else for customers to have, people have to have, companies have to pick up the phone and call Salesforce and order, you know, oh, so you're using our Slack product. Let's talk about some of these other things we have. Well, you know, you buy, hey, uh, buy two, get one free, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, let's wheel and deal. Let's promote, and, you know, I, I think it could be good. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to imagine how they, how it will be worth $27 billion. That's the part that I don't, I'm skeptical about, but I think the other parts make sense. What do you think? Uh, I'm just worried they'll get rid of the free tier that we're on. I don't think they will. I don't think they'll mess with that. <laughs> although, know. although that is new for Salesforce. Do they have any product that has a free tier other than things I like chat or free? I wish we talked about I that. I don't think so. I don't think so either. You can buy it with your credit card and you can, uh, you can exist on a free tier. Yeah. Uh, John, I have so much more on this. I didn't even get to, do you know that, you know, who Paul Ford is. Sounds familiar. Yeah. You, you've probably heard him before. Um, I started listening. He has a, so he, uh, he is like a co-founder of some kind of digital creative studio or something in New York. And he and his business partner, whose name is Rich Ziada, I think they have a pod or used to have a podcast for their, I don't know if it's called the post, their name of the company's post light. I don't know if it's called the post light podcast. Hmm. I don't listen to it anymore, but I used to it. And then they're pretty, it's pretty good. Cause those, those are both interesting, smart guys. But Paul Ford also, I noticed, um, he at some point joined the Stack Overflow podcast, which is really weird because it's weird that he has time to do the Stack Overflow podcast. And I don't understand how that benefits him. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe just maybe it's fun. Maybe they're maybe they're in the same building. He just like drops down once a week to the yeah. to whatever floor they're on and sits in. On, I have no idea. But it's, and also he's um he's a he's a good writer. Um, he broke down the Salesforce press release for the Slack acquisition, and it's just got. First of all, it's interesting, actually kind of interesting analysis, but also it's just his own brand of um, kind of funny, funniness, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, if I can, I got, oh, well, I guess we can end on that. How, what are we, how are we doing here? Oh, we're, we're an hour and a half. Wow. Sorry, everyone. Maybe we were short last week and it got anyway, horrible downloads. So we'll go long and see if that uh, yeah, helps. Yeah, or maybe, I don't know, maybe I, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll do a couple of these and we'll, we'll put in the show notes. It's definitely worth a read though. But yeah, so the quote from the press release is, you know, this is the combination of the number one CRM platform with the most innovative enterprise communication platform that will create the operating system for the new way to work, enabling companies to grow and succeed in the all digital world. And Paul's comment is strong out of the gate. No, that's not what an operating system is, but whatever. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he had some, I'm going to start right now. He had some, oh, here we go. Uh, he said, May, maybe this is a bet of, uh, on some kind of post GUI future where everything is a stream of conversation and workflows in and out of the channels, as opposed to a document centric of the world. And then you move like a freight train or like a Benioff faced Thomas, the tank engine. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I so, got to see that. Someone's so, got to Photoshop I, well, that. Well, so when he said that, I mean, immediately my into my head pops, you know, a vision uh, of one of those uh, train engines with a with a Benioff face on it. And by the way, someone please do this in Photoshop <laughs> and post it into our Slack. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you move more like a freight train or a, a Benioff-faced Thomas the Tank engine into more and more of ERP, eating away at SAP and Oracle, roping in more of the big consulting firms into your very own vision, and it's playful, and a little dude in a bear costume keeps dancing and dancing forever. Mm. Uh, and he said, it's possible, or maybe they're just going to jam slack in the middle of Salesforce and cross their fingers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I think that you know, maybe it'll be a nice change of pace that, that they'll have a product that was built on being nimble in, in that. Yes. I need, you, I need licenses. I'm going to give you my credit card and I'm just licensed. I need to downgrade. Okay. I'm going to downgrade to a lower tier. Cause I mean, honestly, when it came to this pandemic, I mean, having that option like zoom to just say, I've never used zoom. I need it. I'm going to get it now and install it and use it today. When you talk about all these other pl- products that they have, can you install Salesforce in a day? Sure, maybe. Can you can you get your Tableau up and running in a day? Can you get your MuleSoft up and running in a day? I mean, these are products that take time to install. You notice SAP has been out of this conversation, except for talking about their failures. But ERP is a huge thing to implement. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it'd be nice for Salesforce to have a lot more in the portfolio that's just turnkey. Yeah, I just wonder if they'll. You think Salesforce would ever call it? Yeah, I can see Salesforce getting more into that space, but n- just never calling it ERP. They'll just have their clouds because ERP just has such a terrible association with it doesn't it yeah i don't think i don't think salesforce should get into erp and i i don't think they want to be on erp anyways they if, if so you think they would have bought financial force by now i mean they they continue to invest in it from what i understand yeah that, that's a good question too i mean that would be a natural because they're um i think financial force is aimed at the kind of mid to bigger market yeah. so it is curious that they haven't gone after that They've acquired their talent for sure. A little bit here and there. I mean, well, there's been some people that have jumped from one ship to the other, yeah. right? But that's that happens all the time. Anyway, all right, John. Well, that's um, again. I feel like I feel like we got to cut yeah, this I'm thing tired off. and thirsty. So there will uh, be there will be much more speculation to come in the future. Yeah, from uh, this show and others and other places, and I'm sure we'll be doing uh, more and more uh, discussion of this in our Slack. By the way, John. We've mentioned the Slack several times, and there's certainly there is a lot of interesting discussion going on about these topics. How would people who aren't in our Slack get in our Slack? Then this is such a great question to ask. It's so topical today. <laughs> That's true. So how would people do that? Just go to our website, uh, gooddaysirpodcast.com, and click on the community link at the top of the page, and there'll be a form. Sign up, and we'll get you access. And there, there have been um, some sticker requests that have come in in the past couple of weeks. So I'll, I'll get a so f- to those of you who have uh, sent in requests, I have seen those, and there will be a batch going out. You know, the thing is, I have to get what the way I do this is um, I'll batch these things up, and I'll get the Dymo printer out, mm. and I just make stick make labels for everyone, and then I make the return address label, and I but I got to get the envelopes out, I got to get the the stickers out, I got the stamps out. The, the Dymo printer out, mm-hmm. and I so I'll print out a batch of them, and then I have to, then I'll put it all away, and then I'm kind of like a once a month type of thing on on the stickers. So get your own little assembly line. It and is, get it done. yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so I'll get a batch out soon. Um, anyone else who wants stickers, just email me at info at goodday, sir, podcast.com 
We are happy and honestly slightly desperate to send out stickers. We have so many because uh, I play, I ordered in bulk. <laughs> <laughs> so we have lots of stickers. So please don't be shy about uh, sending in your sticker request to info at gooddaysterpodcast.com. I just need your address because I have to know where to ship them. And just let me know how many you need. I can put, you know, if you've got like uh, some coworkers that want some or you've got like a developer group or whatever, or you're for kids, you know, you want to, I don't know, put on your kids, lunchbox, whatever. That's fine. Yeah, uh, just let it me works. Know. I think that's all I got, John. We have a, there was again there was there were some other so many other topics. I mean, Salesforce bought a massive consulting partner. Um, what else happened? Yeah, I mean, we, the Salesforce's CFO and announced that he's retiring. I mean, it's interesting to, to see these CFOs uh, kind of churning in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, lots of stuff to talk about. We will have to cover those in. Uh, oh, and next week we've got uh, Dream TX, right? Is that what they're calling that? Is that next week or the week after that? I'm not sure. I think it's next week. I heard that the seventh, the seventeenth, is the big um, yeah, that's next tech, week. The big tech slash developer focused. Is that next week? No, it 17th is next week. Is next week. That is right. That's Thursday. Yes. So yeah, we do have that, and we will be recording next week, uh, Friday. Yeah, imagine that. I know two weeks in a row. We used to wow. we used to do weekly. Now we're then we were bi-weekly, and then we got like tri-weekly. Trying to trying to make up for it, I guess. Yeah, it's getting getting back on the on getting the, lazy. Get back in the saddle. <laughs> we don't get our numbers back up, man. I know. What are we going to do? I mean, this this revenue shortfall is just really we'll go deeper in the year. red than we are now if we don't pick this up. <laughs> exactly. All right, John, take us out. Well, and to that I say, good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir!